Hi, I'm Neil Nix from the Truth Lies Shenanigans podcast. After every live show, we find ourselves having intense post-show conversations. And for our subscribers, we decided to leave the record button on. So hit that subscribe button so you know when new episodes are available. In our live show, season three, episode 15, our main discussion was about the trucker who got 110 years for an accidental crash that ended up being commuted by the governor of Colorado down to 10 years. In Quickfire, we discussed Kanye and Kim, who are now neighbors. Cardi B defended her Brazilian butt lift. And a 16-year-old was shot by her father, thinking she was an intruder. In this after show, we continued the conversation about the trucker and the 16-year-old girl. Take a listen. Kind of, but it was because, you know, I've always had a mouth. So it wasn't as exciting as it was them challenging me. And you know me, yeah. y'all know me. I think I'm like 365 days of the year, 24 no. hours. And so I'm just like, okay, y'all <laughs> dumbasses barely graduated high school. Y'all going to challenge me? What? It was a challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's home. Right, it's <laughs> so I know we were talking about your topic, the daughter who was mistaken by mm-hmm. her father and shot. So you wanted to add some more information to that or ask another well, question Well, I just wanted that. to, again, this is not a topic, unfortunately, unfortunately, this is not a topic that's kind of an anomaly. It's not something that is out of the ordinary. It happens more often than not, not just with parents, but also with neighbors um, or people just in communities where someone innocuously, you know, enters the home. They think they're in one place. They think they think they may be in their house and they're not. So there was a very famous case here in the States um, back in 2013. Um, there was a kid who he was 16 years old. He'd been out at a party. He was drunk, came home, walked home in his cul-de-sac, came through the window of a house that he thought was his house, went up the stairs. So not only has he, you know, reached the front door, front window, whatever, but he's in the living room and then he comes upstairs to the living court, the sleeping quarters, but he's not in his house. He's in the neighbor's house and the neighbor sees this figure. The neighbor, I don't think had any children. Mm. Neighbor sees this figure and shoots him, shoots and kills the poor kid. And that it it was a, it was a Dateline episode. It was a 48 hours episode. Like there was a lot of media coverage surrounding this case because the young man's father was like, they should be that own that house homeowner. My neighbor should be charged with murder. So the kid that was killed was black Mm -hmm. homeowner was white. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of issues that were brought up in this. And I remember thinking, and I'm just like, listen, and and you don't mean to blame the victim here, but if someone's in on my upstairs floor at two, three in the morning, and you're not supposed to be there, I am not asking you questions. I am, def- I am going to protect myself and my household. It's so I agree sad. with that, especially if I don't have kids. <clears throat> But even I, I just think and and obviously I've never been in this situation. I haven't, except for when, you know, my roommate's friend like breached my room and I nearly killed her. Sure. Um, but I don't I've never lived in a house with guns, so that's a little bit different. But I can't imagine what you were feeling in your house in the middle of the night, it's dark, and you hear that alarm go off. Mm-hmm. Like that or, just has to be so jarring. You you um, feel fear. And and you go to the implement that you purchased to take away your fear, and you point it in the direction of that fear. And unfortunately, it was his daughter who was afraid of. 
it's just, and that's my question. Some, like, do we fault people for that? Do we fault people for that though? Um, it's, it's a culture. It's a gun culture problem. It's a gun culture problem. If we it's get, one thing I mean, to have the issue, but then it's but I mean, like I said, Rob, I was ready to stab somebody. Like if I had a baseball bat, a wrench, like I'm I grabbing still say, the first thing. I still I'm say when it comes down to kids, when you have kids in the house, not, you have to act differently. No, but do point. you have time to do that? When you have you to, right? You have to take no, you the don't. time. Because if you take the time, you're that's the guy coming up the steps. That's the in the time that you're checking the rooms, you're that's checking the to risk you're going to have to okay. take. To pre, I mean, no, to that's the risk the intruder takes. That's the risk the intruder to takes protect to keep from killing your kids who is breaching your house when they shouldn't be. And no one wants to say it because a 16 year old was killed. 16, 4.30 in the morning, what were you doing out? I don't even care. You know, I, I'm doing just saying. what a 16-year-old does. Right, does. I know 16-year-olds that, that did, though. But, but, but you have to account for the fact that you have put, set in motion these series of events. I say that's why I don't. She, I agree like, with you. She, because she snuck back in that. She didn't walk through the front door. She snuck in through the garage. So here's where I agree with you. I agree with you that I've wanted a gun personally to protect, potentially protect my family and myself, especially as the Trumpers were going crazy. Um, but, but with that being said, um, there is a responsibility level that you take on with a gun. Um, yes, you do shoot to kill, and that's what they teach you in the um, training sessions. They tell you shoot if you're going to take someone down, you take them down. But mm-hmm. with that responsibility, you have to make sure that you're. Children are secured, that they, your gun is secured itself, that you're not pointing it at family members, or you use a different instrument. How do you do that in the you dark? You have and to. Again, I could have, I could have killed you. I could have killed this girl, Neo. I'm telling you. I'm sure. It was in my bedroom door. When again, it should not have been. I feel like there's when a higher level of responsibility when there's kids, especially teenagers, to consider these things. It's just a high level responsibility. If someone comes, I, in, I like you like said, comes in my room, I am going to attack as well because my first initial thought is there should be no one here. That's my first initial thought. There shouldn't be anyone in my room. There shouldn't be any whatever. This shouldn't be happening. But if I have a family of kids, my thought is that, hey, there shouldn't be anybody here, but it could be. One of my kids, but I've got to consider that. You have that rational thought coming out of a groggy <laughs> You have to, though. In the and you should and not no, have a gun. No, there is no, you have and you should not, if you, you can't, can't do that. You, ha- you can't say, though, what <laughs> you, you should can. be thinking when you are awakened abruptly. If you're a person like, who you can't can. think rationally in those times of crisis, when you, are, when you, are you should not have a gun. You have no control over your immediate reaction. And you should not you have a gun. See, and there's you, the root of the gun. That's part of the root of the gun problem the gun. in the U.S. I would have scared. I would have been wanting to kill anybody with implement the things that kill, not maim, but kill. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have been maiming. People can. You are still in danger if you maim, depending on where. You sure. maim the lower extremities, mm-hmm. and still so they Liz, could shoot you. If you had a gun and that and that and that roommate came in, if you had a gun, do you think you I would have shot her? I would have shot her one hundred percent because I didn't know who was coming into my room. Thankfully, there was a delay. You get a delay when you have another With weapon. A knife. Yeah, which is why you shouldn't you have a gun. <laughs> 
but see, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. No, I'm not gonna say. And you know what, Neo? Honestly, I used to be of that mindset, but there are too many home invasions out here. There's too much going on out here where I'm just like, you know what? In your situation, I don't live. I live in a. I I live in an apartment building, so that is very secure on a high floor. So it takes a minute to get to me. If I'm single, people keep encouraging me to buy a single family home. You best believe if I leave this residence and buy a single family home as a single woman living in D.C., I 100 percent will have a gun. Sure. Yeah. 100 percent. Because who's going to protect me? And, and see, that, <clears throat> speaking to that, and Robbie, I, I understand your point of perspective. Thinking. It's fear-based thinking. I'm scared of everyone else that has a gun. I'm scared of everybody else's violence, so I need a gun to protect myself. So when I'm in a scared situation, I can discharge my weapon. And the problem is, is who this you're... Is the but it's also the reality of America right now, though, too. Yeah. And that, that thinking only exists because of the reality. I'm not saying that it mm-hmm. won the, the chicken before the egg, but that's just the reality. So I can see why people are getting guns. But like Neo said, do the proper things. If you know you have kids in the house, you can't have your guns out or or you can't. You have to think like rationally and in, in irrationally. There's no rational thinking when you are awakened abruptly. But your situation is slightly different because you live true. alone, right? You live alone. Yeah. And if someone's in your house, anybody's in your house and they shouldn't be, they don't know if they don't have a key, then yeah, first case, I mean, they should, yeah. somebody should be getting shot. But, but if but I'm again, a parent, I have to, but, no matter what, consider that children are around. I have to first establish that they are secure. Said, I wasn't living alone. Yeah. I wasn't living. I had. To, I lived with someone else in that apartment. My first instinct wasn't, this could be my roommate. Even if it's my roommate, she should not be bre- coming into my room at 3.30 in the morning. And I believe people who, who can't think the rationally like, in those situations, like, who can't... There's no rational thinking. Like, like I don't know. I, I have a good... I've been in a lot of... I've been in a lot of... I'm not saying I haven't been in a maybe situation where I would... Where my, where I haven't maybe been in a situation... Maybe we should do a drill. Like, I haven't been in situations yeah, where a gun was involved, but... Because I know in high-stress situations, I can think rationally. I've been... I, let, me t- let me tell you a, a quick story. So I, I had a diabetic episode, right, where I was basically having a seizure, but then I, the seizure put me into a sleep. Like I was, you know, sleeping. Yeah. People came into my apartment to save me, if you will, and thank, thank God, whatever God, that they did, right? The next day, my soup, my, I had two supers in this building, one a man, one a woman. The woman came to my door the next day to check on me to see if I was okay. I eventually went to the hospital, whatever. But she came to my door the next day to see how I was doing. When I opened the door, she had a black eye. Mm. I'm like, oh my God, Carol, what happened to you? I punched her in the face when I was awakened. Abruptly. You should not have a gun. <laughs> there was We've no already established you should never have a gun. She shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been wow. there in my thinking. You can't, you, you, can't, you can't hold someone responsible in that moment when they yes, are in can. a deep sleep. No, you can't. And by, I guess yes, because a gun, dog, a firearm is supposed to be securely stored with the ammunition separated from the weapon. And if you have, so it takes an effort. In the home, it should in take an house. effort. You, so you it takes are not time supposed to, to be in my house. Up. You are not supposed to be in my house. My alarm is I not need supposed to, count- to be going on. My I need alarm. to account for okay, everyone so, okay, that so lives gun, in my home before I discharge that firearm because I don't lose on the other side of the wall. What if I had stabbed Carol? What if I had stabbed my roommate's friend? 
That's not a gun. Aggravated assault? No, it's not. You breached it's my safety. Yeah. You That's were not defense, supposed it's a, it's to It's a little there. different in the U.S. And, and we talked about it a little more appreciate it. Yeah. You are not supposed to be there. <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, I don't want this situation for anyone. I, I feel bad right. that this happened to this young girl. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, we have to be, especially with the height of situations, the things that are going on post-pandemic, with all of this, like this happened in Ohio. I'm not sure what the crime rate is in Ohio right now. If this had happened in New York, wouldn't even be a case, wouldn't even be a conversation because of all the crime that's going on in New York right now. Wouldn't even be a conversation. George Fournier says, I agree with Neo. If you bring a gun into a household, it presents risks to all. Which I totally agree if with. You, and, and I have to, and I have to consider that. If you household when you're not supposed to be there, there is a risk. Sure. But sure. if you, if you, you have to be a responsible individual. And if you know that you can't handle, you, you've had you situations where you don't failed to, to handle high-stress situations, then you don't do a lethal weapon. Don't come into my house when you're not supposed to be there. Then you don't have That's a lethal weapon. I feel like there was irresponsibility on the 16-year-old. On the sixteen-year-old's part for going through the garage, sure. but like I said, when when we first talked about it, that's like pretty typical for six. Like I remember sneaking out. I was seventeen, eighteen, sneaking. I wasn't. I didn't do it through the garage. I was slicker so, than that. Let me just but, say the reason why slicker. I didn't sneak out. The reason why I, I think Johnny was probably was pretty a, slick. I bet she was. The reason why I didn't sneak out because I was afraid of what would happen on the other side if I got caught. See, yeah, yeah. My mom was. That, that's why I, I didn't sneak out. All right, we've got like five minutes. Um, I just want—I did want to bring up the uh, main topic real briefly again. And we were talking about the truck driver uh, whose sentence mm-hmm. was lowered to 10 years after he received 110 years. So we didn't talk about this one thing. Does anyone think that race played a role in the convictions and the counts that he was prosecuted for? Do we think that his... I yeah. Knowing your I judicial system, I wouldn't put it past the prosecution to put that into, in, into play. I don't, I don't know a lot about who the victims were. Mm. Um, maybe, you know, I would have to see the victims, you know, um, Colorado. I lived in Colorado for several years. Yeah. Colorado has a huge uh, Latino community. So it, I don't know who the victims were. Um, so I don't know necessarily, Neo, race as much as an overzealous prosecutor an overzealous, mm. like there's no reason 23 charges. For something that, okay, after the public reaction, you're like, okay, well, maybe it was an act. No, bro, you knew what you were doing. You knew what you were doing with this. So you think um, potentially race, I mean, because what's his name? It's Rogel Aguilera Medeiros. He's Puerto Rican, I believe. He's Puerto Rican? And his, and his, and his victims oh, were also ahead. Hispanic. His victims were Hispanic. Also, yeah. So, yeah. But so if, like, his victims, if his victims were Latino, then no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I feel but like I just when a judge is looking at something, oh, sorry, Liz. I was just going to say, I feel like, I don't know, because it's in kind of like, it's embedded in us. When you see a certain name or if you see, if you see him in person and you just kind of, it's not like he consciously was like, oh yeah, he's Puerto Rican. Let me, because this is how I treat Puerto Ricans. So That's not what you do. It's just, yeah, it's just like, yeah, he doesn't, I don't care about him anyway like that. I don't really have compassion also- for him anyway. But also so, consider, you know, this is the prosecutor in this case is most likely the assistant district attorney. 
Mm-hmm. He had a conversation with the DA. I was going to say he had that conversation. Mm-hmm. These were mm-hmm. exactly there were conversations had. So the the, the Colorado judicial system was on board with this. This what yes. I mean. Yeah, this was overzealousness by the prosecutor, but it wasn't just him. Like they were all on board with this. They knew what they were doing ahead of time. Do I think you know um, the law should probably be changed? Yeah, on a case by case basis, or like you know um, it was proposed in the comments, you know, give the judge the discretion yes. to jump in and say, okay, this is too much. This because too you'll much. hear justices say something to that effect uh, when the sentencing has gone down that, you know, I, these are people who have dedicated their careers to law, sentencing. who understand the legal system, who understand sentencing, who may, who are less likely to be influenced emotionally on their Decision making. They understand, but they less likely. understand sure. the impact. That's what I said. Less likely. I'm not saying. I mean, I, I agree with you because I would be more <laughs> uh, apt to trust the judge if he were able to step in versus the governor who. Oh, you to know, come up with is, a better solution. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the governor, he wants to get reelected. Yeah, it's all know, political. Now yeah. that we. Now yeah, that yeah. we know, like, you know, someone in his office is a family member of this young man. Like, I don't trust the governor at all, but I would be more apt to trust the judge in this situation, even though mm-hmm. we know judges can but, be shady. But I would be more apt to trust the judge in this situation if he had the right to jump in and say, whoa, whoa. Jacqueline Robinson says, I think... Uh, let, me, let me just read this and I'll let you talk, uh, John. Jacqueline Robinson said, I think the prosecutors were counting on public outrage to justify their overreach. Were you going to say, John? Okay, so then, well, then using the using the public to do their job, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Using yeah. the public to do their job, basically. What's your question, Johnny? Um, my question was, but did the judge write that letter um, saying that the charges were unjust after the outcry or before? Like, was that a? a I, well, that was I a think he said it. I, I think, it but after. also, I think he said. I think he he said when he was explaining the sentencing. I think he told the people in the courtroom what his position was. Like, I can't do anything. Yeah, my hands, my hands tied. are tied. Yeah. I cannot do anything about this. I am bound by this sentence, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I think there needs to be a review of the laws and a review of certainly prosecution. I mean, he had to know if he got all the counts that there would be this ridiculous sentence. So, um, yeah. we don't fault the jury at all, do we? Real quick. Nobody faults the jury. Well, We're convicting him. No. Right? Yeah. No. No, I would have convicted him. Did they know? Did they know it would be like, oh, if he's guilty on this, it would be ten years. Then I would be like, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's. um, They don't know that much because that can influence whether you, you know, convict someone. Convict or not? I don't think. Yeah, that would influence. I don't think they present that. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I would think that. I don't know. I would. I've seen them be able to ask questions along the lines of sentencing, though. But not. Not well after the fact, maybe, but not whether they would convict. During, yeah, oh. because once they convict, they have no say so in this case in sentencing. Um, so either way, it was after Kim K is gonna change, gonna help change our American law. Kim K had nothing, what? are you to do kidding? With this. Oh my god, Kim K had that's nothing, he, to and that's do with that's this. perfect to close out on because that is some <laughs> bullshit. We had oh, to put her hands in every little thing anyway. Kim K, that article was from New Zealand, first of all. Kim K had nothing to do with this. She posted some tweets 
after the fact, after the petition had been started, after the general public were already outraged. So she attached she just had comments. Girl, go sit yeah. down and worry about your husband and your children and the fact that Chloe's man is having babies with other people. Cool. Worry about that. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's just pissed Worry off because the neighborhood's changing. Kardashian's got all kind of men. Exactly. Kim exactly. exactly. K is just going to milk this, you know. Oh, oh, I am criminal justice reform until the day she dies. Like, girl, mm-hmm. please. Yeah, she said she wants to be like her that? daddy. Robert what? Kardashian. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. She's, she's, isn't she studying to be a lawyer right now? Yeah, she is. She, she just has a baby bar. tries. After four tries, she just yep. passed the baby bar. The baby bar? What's the um, baby bar? So depending on the city or the state that you live in, there are two versions of the bar exam. Uh-huh. And so for California, she passed the first version. Okay. Um, but she still has to take another. Don't get me started. All right, guys. That was good after show. I'm hoping you guys have a wonderful new year. Going have a wonderful new year. new year. I'm still taking. Thank if you, you guys want to send me some strip baskets in 2022, yes, oh, baskets all day. <laughs> I cooked a lot of food yesterday. I don't want. I don't want to eat any of it today. I want to eat leftovers. All right, everybody, for the new year, get me these strip baskets. <laughs> yeah. Tune in the TLS, yeah, tune in the TLS.